My favorite ministry is my uh, leadership class that I teach. This year I had like six classes uh, between ladies' class and a couple men's classes, a college class, a high school class. And so it's a discipling program where you teach uh, people to be very, very usable for God, to bear much fruit for Him, to accomplish His will, and to live a life that makes a difference. So one of the things that they do in the class is to preach a sermon as they're graduating uh, sort of thing. And so tonight we have a number of guys going to preach. And so I'm going to pray. And while I'm praying, Steve is going to come up here and he'll be the first. I told him we start with the best looking. So, and then we'll see uh, which one is the best. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the guys, the price they paid this year as they studied and memorized and read books and listened to sermons and listened to me. Thank you for the, the growth, just the, the, the way you have blessed and built and stirred them. Lord, I know each one will be very powerfully used by you in the days ahead in every area of their life. Bless them tonight as they speak to us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So um, I thought I'd start off with a little bit of a story. Um, I uh, have been hunting since uh, ever since the day I could get my um, hunter's education card. So um, here, when I got my boys and they finally started getting of age, we uh, I started taking them out. And I don't know how many of you have tried to take um, an eight-year-old and sit in a ground blind with them, but uh, it is quite the challenge. You really have to uh, make a make a lot of time preparations and, and things like that to get them ready. Um, I remember taking a lot of Starburst and putting them out there, and we would unwrap each one and so we could do that, and hopefully it would last throughout the time. And, and uh, I remember this one time I had my son Kevin with me, and here we were sitting in this blind, and we just got there, and we, I had so much stuff. And, but, you know, I'd t- just taken all this time, and I just knew that we were going to have a great time doing this, so... We go, and uh, we get to this place. We call it the geyser, and we're sitting there, and, and uh, we're unwrapping the starburst, trying to be as quiet as we possibly can. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I said, you know, you got to be quiet. we got to have this. He goes, don't worry, Dad. I'm going to use the force. And I'm thinking, the force? So as a father, I'm thinking, I just wanted to bust up laughing. But he's like, it's okay, Dad. He says, we're going to have a big buck come. And I'm like, Okay, so we sit there, and we're waiting for a little bit, and would you, I just couldn't believe it, but sure enough, here comes this three-point, and I'm like, really? He's like, I told you, Dad, I used the force. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so we ended up shooting this deer. It was just a great moment, but all the time that it took to get him there and to get all that stuff was just uh, quite the challenge, so... Um, Part of uh, what I've done here to, for this, uh, preparing for this in front of you is uh, I started reviewing some of my leadership lessons, um, thinking which one do I choose, and I just, I didn't know which one, so I thought, well, um, it does make sense to do not the ones that everybody else has, but for the most part, I did, so... <clears throat> Not to focus on the topic, but some of the seven disciplines, which D keeps going over and over and over and over again and again and again. So they must be pretty important. It is funny how we, get to, how we go to a class that teaches us something most churchgoers have been taught to do every day, ever since we've been in Sunday school class days. And yet we fail time and time again on accomplishing these things. 
Now, if you are a new believer, you need to really work on these. I have learned that setting goals, writing them down, staying focused, and staying on task will greatly increase your spiritual growth and time to accomplish your goals. See, your focus determines your direction. Now, most of us have certain times we watch our favorite shows. We set aside time specifically for them. We record them on our DVRs. We download them from Netflix. All so we can watch them at a time that's more convenient for us. We make time for it. We as a culture are so busy. We watch sports. We help coach. We look up stats on which player my NFL team is going to draft this weekend. Go Colts. Um, How about cars? We can, um, we can make time to work on old cars, spend time fixing fenders, rebuilding motors. Is it going back to the original, or is it going to be souped up? Whatever we enjoy, our hobbies, our passions, we make time for consistently and regularly. We always just find a way to make time. My personal passion is bow hunting, like I said earlier. I make schedules of when I go scouting or when cameras go up, or I'll spend sitting or I'll spend hours sitting in a stand, stalking a big buck. Like I said, I make time. Now, in the book of Joshua 1.8, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. How can we as Christians accomplish this if we don't take time to read Scripture, memorize verses, or spend time in prayer alone and in corporate settings? Now, these aren't all the disciplines, but for a lot of people, these are some of the most difficult. Being spiritual, spiritually disciplined means spiritual sweat. It means getting up on a Saturday when everyone else is sleeping in and reading your Bible. It means spending time in prayer or doing a little self-evaluation on where your walk with Christ is, even when your favorite TV show or sport is on. Some of the famous athletes we watch so much of are up early in the morning training to be the best player of their sport. Take, for example, Stephen Curry practicing three-point shots. How about Andrew Luck working on passing and footwork? Or Madison Bumgardner working on pitching, getting his broken hand healed up and working on his arm strength? Some of the other players on teams, the ones hardly anybody knows, are the guys who put in just as much time as the superstar but don't seem to be noticed as much. I have never been the best at most of the stuff I do, but by putting in time, a little sweat, a little hard work, I do all right. Lately, I've been putting in a lot of time reading the Bible, personal prayer time, and memorizing scripture. Basically, some spiritual sweat. I'm not a superstar, but by making time for it, I know I I will be rewarded for it by my Lord and Savior. I guess after taking leadership class and putting things in perspective, I can see now that I was more focused on my personal entertainment than working on my spiritual discipline or to be useful to God. Like 2 Timothy 21 says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So if you haven't been making time for God or doing a little spiritual sweating, Who or what are you making time for? Thank you. Thank you. Steve is uh, very 
good at being, he's very, uh, been a real mentor for me, and we text in the morning, 5 a.m. in the morning, he's up every morning, and he keeps me uh, focused on getting in, into the Christian mode of reading, and so he's, he's been a real good uh, leader for me to be around him. Um, getting ready to read, getting ready to write this speech has challenged my ability to speak out as a Christian rather than tell someone that I'm a Christian. Every one of the lessons has impacted me one way or another. I thought and thought which one affected me the most. I need daily work in all of the lessons, but I chose to talk about grit, how tough men are supposed to be and the seven basic Christian principles, reading the Bible, prayer, gathering, worship, giving, seeking wisdom, and the most feared self-examination and confession of sin. When the lesson grit came up, I thought of John Wayne. Every movie I ever watched of his, he was a leader. His voice had direction of leadership, and the way he walked, you knew he was a tough guy. A quote from him, life is hard, and if you're stupid, life is really hard. <laughs> well, I found I'm the stupid one in the way I communicate at times. And the true meaning of the leadership lessons with understanding of the Bible, Scripture, with our teacher, Pastor D., the memory verses really start having meaning with each lesson to understand grit and to be tough. You have to, to talk right to accomplish anything. Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as good for the edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. I've been told don't start a job that you can't take on and finish yourself. Wrong worldly thinking. No man can be strong by himself. We need men friends who will encourage us. Wouldn't it be cool to remember to say in the heat of the battle, in Hosea 41.6, everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. Then the verse from Joshua 1.8.9, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not tremble or be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go so whatever means no reason for tough guys to whine complain fuss grumble gripe or worry out loud learning all this has made me step back so many times to get my thoughts under control even though I fail, he's with me wherever. So I have a lot to learn about grit. Being a tough man from the lesson grit. I want to talk about the, the, the basic principles now. The first seven Christian basic principles, Bible reading. I don't necessarily have one verse that I would use. The whole Bible has been a, a learning journey. The Old Testament was a little rough. Lots of battles and strict rules that got broke often. Like us, like us now in the present world. Odd how people are. I've been reading through the whole Bible, and, and well, I'm on my second year getting through it. I'm almost, I'm almost done. I'm about an eighth inch left, not much left at all. Maybe 16th. I'm getting there real close. I'm 54 years old, and it was my first time reading the Bible all the way through. My uncle passed away two years ago, and he wasn't a very educated man, didn't make a lot of money in his lifetime, but he loved his Bible. 
The last thing he said to me in the room when I walked in, as I noticed he was uh, reading the Bible, I said, I see you're reading your Bible, Uncle Enos, and he turned to me with a serious and a spiritual happy voice. I read it every day, and it gets better and better every time I read it. He died a week later. He was a very important, it was very, uh, it was my inspiration to read the Bible. The, ne- the next seventh uh, basic Christian principle is prayer. I found prayers hard to stop and dedicate just time alone, but I'm getting better. I pray I'm on the move a lot. I've also noticed that prayer takes a while to happen sometimes. Like when you, you spray <laughs> your weeds, it takes up to a month for them to be gone. When, when they're yellow, prayer answered. I feel I'm, I'm getting closer as a Christian because I'm starting to use and recognize answer prayer. It's a humbling feeling. You feel that Jesus looked down on just you for one moment. In Ephesians six eighteen, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit and with preservation and petition for all, all that also lets, for all, all that, excuse me, with perseverance and petition for all. Let's also remember the JC, JBC quote, pray a little, get little blessings, and pray a lot, get much blessings. The next uh, seven basic Christian principle is gathering. Matthew eighteen twenty, forever two or three have gathered together in my name. I am there in their midst. When I find myself in a group away from church, sometimes non-believers, but good people, in a conversation, the lessons we learned appear in my thoughts, and I always try to share something. Usually, there's a quiet moment after that, but but then they know who I am. And I've said it well, and I hope I say it well enough to impact them. The church is a church where it is gathering. I feel you can make the church whatever you gather to talk about him, Jesus. If you belong here to JBC, you can't help but gather. From accountability groups to guns to hosting a sportsman show to camping retreats for all genders. I found it a great experience to know everyone in the church, and it keeps you moving in the faith. You can slip off the rock real easy if you don't have accountability in your church. The next uh, seven basic Christian principles, worship. I've learned that worshiping and praising God is the most often given commandment in the Bible. I try to bless him for everything as the day goes, and it changes your whole attitude. Romans 12:1 through 2, Therefore I urge you, brother, to view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your living spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That to me says it all. Do not conform any longer. As I've mentioned, I've attended some of the corporate prayer times, the worship and prayer warriors, and and every individual that pray. It's a powerful moment. I also love the feeling it gives you as you drive away. The next seventh uh, basic Christian basic principle is giving. Giving is a great experience to act with thinking, to give money to strangers, to church, uh, and also give your time. The true feeling is when you feel it from your heart and you keep your ears and open what is going on around you. Second Corinthians uh, 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Now this I say, who who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has proposed in his heart, 
not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The next seven basic Christian principles, wisdom. To learn and receive wisdom, just read Proverbs. When learning a new way and receiving wisdom, you tell yourself you're never too old to learn something new. Proverbs 2.10, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. That's, there's many more and when you learn something, don't be afraid to share it. Last and most feared for me is, a lot, is the seven basic Christian uh, principles, self-examination and confession of sin. I think about self-examination as I walk and uh, live my day in life. Always remember my growth as a Christian. You truly have to take a look at what I've done, what I've been doing, and how I act in my growth. It makes, it makes me think of habits, my communication to others, including my wife, the music I listen to, the movies I choose to watch, places and events I choose to go to, and old friends. All of, all of that really stops you in your tracks. Then I remember our, our verse, 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I've taken a hard look at the possessions that I have and mindfully realized that I am truly, I, that, uh, that I've taken a hard look at the possessions that I have and mindfully realized that I'm truly blessed by God's grace and I, have share, and I would share anything to help someone out. Furthermore, nothing I have or do comes before God. I read, the, I read this recently, um, and I took it as self-examination. Proverbs 13, 5, 9. Test yourself. See if you are in the faith. Examine yourself. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? But I trust that you will realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. Now we pray to God that you do no wrong, not that we ourselves may appear approved, but that you may do what is right, even though we may appear unimproved. For we, do, we can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. For we rejoice when we ourselves are weak, but you are strong. This we also pray for, that you be made complete. I truly felt examined after reading that. The Bible gets better and better, as I was told. Last of the seven basic Christian principles is confession of sin. I've learned sin is a take ownership of sin. It's not easy. Pride gets in the way. Telling the truth in an awkward moment. I've definitely sinned in my life and broken trust at times. To get rid of sin and say you're sorry, the relief and the feeling of Jesus forgiving you is enormous relief of not needed stress when we have a Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9, if anyone declares with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My daily prayers are to confess all unknown sins every day. John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is, uh, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen and thank you. So hello, my name is uh, David Vital and I was a member of the um, 2018 men's leadership class. Uh, I was baptized here at JBC at the end of uh, July last year. 
And after making that commitment, I felt compelled to grow as a young Christian and strive for as much knowledge and wisdom as I could acquire in the shortest amount of time. Uh, leadership class seemed like a great way to start, and I feel that it was the best decision of my life. Today I'm going to talk to you about one of the most significant changes I've made in my daily routine, which has been quite actually the delight for me. Uh, Bible reading, Le leadership class, this topic seemed to speak to me the most, and by following a daily schedule, I've ensured I make time for God's Word. Goals were a major focus of leadership class, and I made it a goal of mine to spend time in His Word. I learned that it is God's plan for all of us to glorify Him and seek Him out. Uh, in Joshua 1.8, we are told, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, day and night, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Not only do we experience success in our lives, but we also begin to know him, enjoy him, and actually act like him. God blesses those who faithfully read his word as we grow stronger and more mature in our faith. Dry as dirt, dirt, dry as dirt duty. Uh, Pastor D liked using this phrase to show us that with enough discipline in our lives, we can move from being dry as dirt duty to habit-forming behaviors and eventually start to actually delight in those behaviors. 1 Peter uh, chapter two, verse 2 says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Reading increases our desire and motivation to pray and increases our power when we do read his word. But I know that sometimes we can think that it's hard to find time for Bible reading, but creating that, decision, uh, that dedication is needed to form a routine in our lives. Routine is beyond personality, it's beyond leadership style, and there's no better place to establish a routine than in God's word. Reading the Bible daily improved my life in so many ways, but the most important change I've seen in myself is the hunger for Christ. Matthew 6.33 states, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I have a cousin that used to always say, um, use the words, on fire, for Christians who were constantly seeking God and shining as lights in the world. I feel that the, the Bible reading has made me on fire for Jesus. To me, his word has become sort of sustenance, uh, for my Christian faith, Hebrews 5.16 tells us that we are like babes needing milk, and that milk is the word. Is the word. I'm now excited, now excited and look forward to reading my Bible every day. During my workday, I listen to the Bible and audio, and I usually listen to the same book I'm reading from. For me, this makes it more exciting because I listen to the dramatized version, which has cool sword clanging, people shouting, and other entertaining sound effects. For, the, for me, this works. So I'm up here tonight personally to, to uh, hopefully encourage some of you to set a goal today to change, uh, to make a date with God every day, uninterrupted, a place where you can say, I need you, Lord. Some of you may say, but I'm just too busy, like some of my other members said. In leadership, I learned that Satan knows us better than we know ourselves. So I asked myself, there are seven days in the week, which equals 168 hours. If someone sleeps eight hours a night and works roughly 40 hours a week, we subtract sleeping and work time from 168 hours, that leaves us with 72 hours left. Yet, many of us think there isn't enough time to fit in God's word. 15 minutes is a great way to start from being dry as dirt duty. And that's what I started with. Saying to myself, I'm just too tired or too busy, became an excuse. 15 minutes is actually 1.042% of a day. And when you think about it, it doesn't make much sense not to give God at least that much. I learned that Bible reading was one of the seven basic disciplines of the Christian life. I decided to put God first in my life. 
Um, by doing the same, each one of you can gain, will gain the substance needed for your overall well-being. Just like the Israelites who were fed with manna in the wilderness, we must rely on God's, God's word for our manna. We will start to feel God around us and the need to seek him out. I feel a need to give him my time daily, even if it's late at night and I just want to go to sleep. God wants to help us change, and all we have to do is let him in. We want, he wants us to seek him out every day. Oftentimes, our faith, is, our faith is determined by the amount of time we spend in his word. Wisdom enters our heart when our mind is filled with God's wisdom. Psalm one, Psalms 119.97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Reading God's word helps us to become resilient to stress and gain peace in our lives. We are reminded in Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in the well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Our main defense against Satan is the Bible and prayer. By becoming familiar with the Bible, we develop a discernment of truth and error as we work towards spiritual maturity. By growing in our faith, we start to notice change in our lives. I grew up in a home that believed in God, but didn't always necessarily adhere to the teachings. As a result, I became very numb to sin. To sin. In my current walk, this is one of the areas that has changed for me. Reading the Bible has allowed me to increase my faith and give everything to God. This, in turn, has made me more aware of sin around me. In the words, once was blind, but now I see, have never rang truer. The Word of God is an everyday part of my life now. I truly enjoy reading, and I've been mesmerized by numerous times by how True it is when people say that it is the living word because when I open it, I truly, it truly speaks to me and my life in that moment. God's word, word is working in my life to transform me, to live a life not just where it's just about theology but about biography and how I'm using what I learn in God's word to improve the, my life, my well-being, and those around me. There are so many self-help books out there stating you can do it on your own, but it's false. We can do nothing without God. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. Acknowledge, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So I teach an anger management program for work. That's like what I actually do. And when reading Proverbs, I discovered factual information regarding important life principles that we use in our program. It's amazing to see how much of the uh, anger program that we use comes directly from the Bible. Proverbs has a multitude of verses relating to our main topics, including self-esteem, communication, and our perspective on our current situation in life. We focus a lot on self-talk, which is our inner communication, our thoughts which lead to actions or inaction. The Word of God gives insight and power to change behavior through memorized scripture by reading verses and passages over and over. The Bible reminds us to be filled with the sword of the Spirit. By memorizing scripture, we gain victory over sin. In Hebrews 4:12, we are told, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the true thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe that true positive self-talk comes from having God's word in our mind all the time. So I've set out to know the truth, to know God, and reading the Bible has been instrumental in both of these aspects. I will continue reading my Bible and seeking first his kingdom. And I pray that this message today has touched some of you to motivate you to make a commitment starting today, tonight, to give a small fraction of your day and start receiving his blessings. Grace and peace be with you all. Thank you. Hello. Um, my name is Doug Darden. Some of you may recognize me or know me, um, but if I wasn't a lukewarm Christian, you should all recognize me. 
because I've been going to JBC for about 22 years, which is a long time. For many years, I sat out there just like you might be doing, and I said to myself, I wish I were a good enough Christian to take these leadership class. Why would those guys subject themselves to all that work and humiliation? I decided to take the class because it was time and I needed it. <clears throat> Dr. David asked me to do it because he knew that I needed it. I have to tell you a little story about Dr. David and I because a while back we had a bit of a trust issue that we had to work out. This made me pause when he asked me about men's leadership class. About 10 years ago, we were at men's roundup at Camp Tadmore. David needed a place to sleep and I had an extra bed in my camp trailer. So I invited him to sleep in my trailer. Just before going to sleep, Dr. David, who is my doctor by the way, said, Doug? I said, what is it, David? He said, Doug, if you snore tonight, I'm going to check your prostate. <laughs> well, it took me a while to gain trust back, and I slept that night with one eye open. I decided to take these leadership classes because I have decided that I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian anymore. God has blessed me greatly in my life. He has given me great family and friends, two great boys, the best parents ever, and many good friends. I've had great jobs. I'm respected in the field of computers. I've worked for an oil company and now work in the K-12 school systems in Oregon. I've had the opportunity to travel a lot. I've worked in Africa. I've, had, I've been to Africa 17 times and Europe 34 times. Sometimes I have felt more blessed than D. Duke. But there are also rough times in my life. We all have them. God challenges us so we can grow. He has challenged me lately. I am going to share something very personal with all of you. I have been focusing on a really big goal this past year. It has consumed my lot of my life. My goal is to forgive my ex-wife for leaving me, reviewing my feelings weekly. She left me last summer. I really didn't see it coming, though I really should have. Things were pretty hard the first month. I couldn't even get myself to church. I tried a couple times, but either turned around in the parking lot or walked out during worship time. I didn't feel worthy or very good about myself. I get better every day, and I have come a long way with the help from my friends and my family and my church family. Dee spoke about forgiveness a number of weeks ago, and he shared this verse with us. Matthew six fourteen and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I need to forgive my ex-wife and pray that God works in her life as well as mine. It only hurts me to not forgive. Back in the fall, I wrote out my sermon and I just talked about forgiveness. But I've come a long way this year. I'm still working on forgiveness, but I am pretty much there. 
I need to take responsibility for what happened. I need to move forward from forgiveness to something much more important. So I am changing my focus to being a better spiritual leader of my family. Maybe it wasn't all my ex-wife's fault. Maybe I could have been better, a better example and a leader. I want to motivate you men who are lukewarm Christians like me to challenge you to step up and be a leader in your household. Lead your family by example. My message is mainly for the men, but the women have a big part in this and possibly understand this more than us men. At JBC, we are blessed to have a leader in D. Duke, who is a great fisherman and a hunter. He leads by example, by setting goals and showing how he works hard to meet those goals. When D. says something, we know he means it. He doesn't just say it, he lives it. D. is also a good at catching catfish. Uh, men in our church do this kind of stuff because we love each other. I love you, Dee. Dee is also a very forgiving person and great example to all of us. Thank you for your forgiveness example, Dee. I want to be a man who leads my family by example. If only I had the chance to go back and do it all over again, here is what I would do. First, I'd be a leader in prayer. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. We should pray with our families at the dinner table and sometimes share a devotion. I didn't do this with my previous wives and I really regret it. I felt like they were judging me and I should have manned up. We should pray with our wives. It brings us closer together. Those who pray together stay together. How would it how I would like to go back and pray with my wife. Why didn't I? Is it really that hard? We should pray at corporate parent church with our church family. This has been a place where I still fail, but I will get there. Second, most make going to church a priority. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, another all of the more as you see the day approaching. I know many of us get to church every week, but we need to make sure it's a priority. My wife stopped wanting to go to church. I should have tried harder to communicate why she didn't want to go. I should have even tried a different church if that's what was needed. Don't skip because you want to go to a NASCAR race or watch a football game or go fishing. Third, get involved in a ministry. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Get involved and not just attend on Saturday and Sunday. Church activities have made me feel more a part of the church and is also a good example to my family. Fourth, tell your spouse and family that you love them. In my family growing up, we weren't very good at saying I love you. We all knew we loved each other, but we didn't 
feel comfortable saying it. If you are a family like that, I encourage you to say it. It really isn't that hard. We didn't make it a point to start saying it to each other until I was 28 years old and my parents were diagnosed with cancer. Then all of a sudden it became important and natural to say, why didn't we say it earlier? It seems odd that we can't say it when we really feel it. I want to leave you with this. Man up before it's too late. If you aren't there already, I want to challenge you to step up and be a spiritual leader in your family. Your family needs it, and it is your responsibility to set the example and lead them to a closer relationship with God. Do it before it's too late, before your kids are grown or you and your spouse or family grow apart. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for each of these men. I pray that you will bless them, help them to keep what they've learned and to faithfully practice it and to run the race with endurance and never, Lord, look back, never uh, slow down, but they would just accelerate in their growth and their service and their fruit bearing uh, for the rest of their lives. Use them in a very powerful way in um, accomplishing your will and and bearing fruit for your glory. Thank you again for each one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.